Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. White Sox fans, welcome in. It's Sox on If you don't recognize my voice, I don't blame you. I barely recognize it. It's Johnny Nani here. It's been a while since I've been on the show. Joined by Tony Marchese tonight. Tony, good to be back finally talking some Sox baseball. Let's crack them and get to it. Cheers, Johnny. I uh, I cracked the beer a little bit before the intro of the show, but uh, I've got the, the on-tap koozie here, and it's, it's ready to go to Lot B with you. It's ready yes. to go to Lot B with everybody. We're about a week away from baseball and a little bit uh, a little bit under two weeks from opening the home opener on the south side. Johnny, how excited are you, man? Man, I can't wait. Um, it, I thought the delay was going to be longer. I was thinking it was going to be until like June uh, when we were getting towards the like latter stages of the lockout when things weren't looking good. But luckily that sped up and we only had to wait, what, uh, one extra weekend, I guess, one extra week or so. Yeah, so, not bad. Just, not just bad. a little bit over a week. I mean, yeah. for could have been worse. Could have been worse, right? Yeah. For all intents and purposes, it could have been a lot worse. And I was expecting a lot worse, but we're here. Right. Yeah. Well, never get up for the letdown. You always gotta yeah. expect the worst, then you're not disappointed, right? You know, yeah, that's negative. negative, nine, negative nine, 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 nine. back, back <laughs> on the mic. Yeah, we we already get we're tallying one. Okay. Um, Tony, it, like I said, it, it's good to be back here. We got a lot of topics today. Um, and one just starting from a general aura that was permeating around our group chat, uh, you, me, Sean, Steve, and Buzz today, uh, talking about this. And uh, we're, we're going to dive right into it. And it's why are we feeling uneasy about the White Sox right now? That kind of seemed to be the consensus a little bit. I know you said you're going to go in a little bit different direction with this, but I've got some thoughts for that, but I want to hear from you. But when I say that, you're feeling uneasy about the White Sox and why? Uh, see, that, that's where I said it was going to go a little bit of a different direction with this. I think, you know, for all intents and purposes, I understand where people are upset at the fact that the White Sox didn't go out and grab insert Michael Conforto name or, or anybody of that ilk uh, this offseason. It was kind of underwhelming. Um, there was some good signings that the White Sox made. I really like the Joe Kelly pickup. I really like the Kendall Graveman signing. I really like the the fact that the White Sox didn't go out and, and acquire certain people. But on the other end, you know, every team in baseball is going to come into a season with a few question marks. Um, unless you're the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, and have just an unlimited payroll, you're going to have a few question marks going into this season. I think, you know, listening to the other guys, Sean and, and, and Steve and, I think Buzz was in there a little bit too today in the Sox on Tap group chat, uh, but the the uneasy feeling I don't I don't I don't have an uneasy feeling Johnny I'm ready for opening day I'm ready for this team to get out there as of right now knock on wood we have a fairly healthy ball club I know the 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 motto right now for everybody seems to be like just stay healthy 
Well, look at what this team did last year, Johnny, when they weren't healthy and they maintained first place in this division. And if you want to say the division was lousy last year, fine, by all means, I'll accept that argument. But it takes a lot to win a division in Major League Baseball. It's not exactly just that cakewalk. And yes, the Sox had some trouble against teams outside of their division last year, but a lot of other teams did. And I even remember Steve writing an article for ONTAP Sportsnet about how uh, you know, this this would play into the Sox postseason and that they still had a chance and even that was overhyped. So I think the uneasy feeling, Johnny, for a lot of people right now is just an overhyped lead into the season. I, I like the fact that this team seems to be down to business. I think that's going to bode well for them down the stretch. In fact, I'd like to see them play just a little bit tighter than they did last year instead of, you know, all loose and fun. I want them to be focused on this because you've done the same thing two years in a row. These guys feel it. They know what the goal is here. They know that they've been to the playoffs. They've had that taste. This is the next step. This is the most serious year of White Sox baseball. I think the uneasy feeling might just be a little bit of nerves for some people. I'm ready to rock this season, man. I think they're going to I think they're going to do very very well. I like that you brought up nerves there. And I think one thing that is at least externally is making people a little nervous right now is Jeff Passan coming out today and predicting the White Sox to beat the Dodgers in the World Series. So that is granted, it's an external expectation. It is a baseball reporter. Granted, Jeff Passan is a insider. Hashtag confirmed. Um, but I, either way, uh, that, that when you hear that kind of stuff, you think about those expectations and then you think, can we get there? And where I go is, why should I believe so much more? I, I Don't get me wrong. I enjoy the bullpen acquisitions that they made. But those bullpen guys alone aren't putting you over the top, in my opinion. So what's different than what we trotted out there last year, really? And I know you, we can bring up and we'll get to the starting rotation, Dylan Cease uh, taking next step. And I fully believe that he definitely can. But even then, it's an overall team game. And... We had a pretty damn solid rotation last year. Let's not let's not uh, underscore that at all. And it still played out to where those guys didn't show up when it mattered most. And every other team that advanced or won something, won a pennant, won a World Series, they had their top guys bring their top shit when it mattered most. And we didn't. So, like, right now I'm still, you know, like, oh, yeah, we, we, we're going to get into the rotation here in a second. But just part of that, maybe part of my uneasiness, Tony, when we were talking about the rotation and during the C start uh, yesterday, it was, I believe, in the rotation from April until August. But after then, I'm, I'm like fully expecting the meltdown that we had. Um, and granted, it wasn't complete total meltdown. Some guys had some phantom IL stints, but I'm guess I'm talking playoffs when it mattered. You can't get too much out of Julia. You can't get too much out of Lynn. Um, Dylan Cease, obviously now you making out of the first inning. Uh, granted that was a big, you know, atmosphere. I understand that. And I expect more from him this year, but at the same time, a quick hook still applies in the playoffs. You get in any sort of trouble. It's going to be the same story. Yeah. And I think where it comes down to for me, Johnny, is the fact that playoff baseball is just the highest stage in this game. You know, you can you can say the, the comment about, you know, April through August, and I, I believe you there because there's really not a lot of pressure uh, when it comes to those ball games, Johnny. I know that, you know, we live and die with this team every single game, every single pitch, um, and there's a lot of other folks out there that do. Now, the fact of the matter is we have seen this team go to uh, the first round of the playoffs and not show up twice 
exactly. Well, they did. Um, I will give him credit. In game one, that was Giolito. Give him of twenty twenty. That was nuts and guts from Giolito. I know we usually use that for Lance Lynn, but that was. I'll give him that one. But other than that, you're right. Go forward. <laughs> So the fact of the matter is, is you've seen these guys perform. We know they can do it. We know they can show up. But when the pressure is all on, that's where they need to answer the bell. I'll tell you what's a little different in my mind this year about this team. Hopefully, because the just stay healthy thing does apply. You're going to want to get a full healthy year out of Yasmani Grandal. And you're going to want a full healthy year out of Eloy Jimenez. And you damn well know that if this team has Luis Robert, fully healthy for a full year, that's going to be a little different for this team heading into a playoff series because you want them to be hitting their stride there, not going through nagging injuries, not, you know, any of that, you know, major injury on the comeback road. I mean, Yaz kind of rushed himself back for that second half. I mean, the timetable's there. So you've got to wonder, you know, exactly just how banged up this team was heading into that first round of the playoffs. Now I'm not making excuses. You still need to show up regardless did, if you're injured what, or not. What did I say? They were available, maybe not fully healthy, but correct. Mostly available. So that to me is a little different for this team this year, Johnny. And I, I hope that we can get through the year. I know there's going to be some in- injuries. You saw the reaction from the Andrew Vaughn uh, diving catch uh, the other day from this fan base. I think there's a lot of nerves, man, because we just haven't, proven it with this group yet and uh, yeah that's where it mostly stems from but i just like look at the lofty expectations man and that uh it it, uh i don't know like i said this is why i'm feeling uneasy so i wanted to flesh it out with you a little bit here and there's uh other concerns that are definitely um elsewhere obviously when you're talking about is josh harrison going to be anything worthwhile this year is uh you know it's the right field situation going to be obviously the big question that and we'll get into that a little bit more you'd brought up andrew vaughn's name i want to save it because we're going to have a segment on andrew vaughn his status and spring training injuries coming up here but uh what one here when we're talking about you know additions in the offseason what they made maybe it's making people feel uneasy it's i like comment from jordan miller here he says uh we have 50 million plus tied up into the pen which is over double the league average so um yes i understand that's like allocation of funds sort of issue there and you're thinking okay why didn't we bolster any other areas of need there but i can also spin that in a comment to combat myself that i made earlier tony and that's when these guys inevitably get pulled in the fucking first second inning in the playoffs maybe that helps them in that regard. Yeah. And it's an interesting, it's an interesting setup because I I get the fact that we have 50 million plus tied up in the pen, but you also have to look at the last two playoff series and, and, and think were the white Sox being reactionary to the fact that in both of those series against the A's and the Astros, where did, where did this fall apart? It fell apart when the starting pitcher had an early hook. Nick Madrigal. Yeah, there, there was, there was, there was early hooks. There was Nick Madrigal. There was a lot of different things at play there. So if you could, if you could go out here, you bring up Nick Madrigal. Maybe that's the reason Nick Madrigal's gone. Maybe that's why you have sixteen mil plus in Craig Kimbrell, Johnny. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just you know you talk about you know downfalls there, and it was just it, it was all of them last year. And granted, Houston's a potent lineup, but you just like look, you need at least like to help yourself have a chance you needed at least one of those guys to give you a substantial outing and honestly in that series four innings would have been substantial you weren't getting that (laughs) 
No, and, and and you need to. You need your pitcher to go at least four or five innings. And and then you then you look at this bullpen right here. And if your fifty million dollar bullpen uh, doesn't get the job done, well then you know you tear it down and start over at that point because I, I I don't know what else to tell you. These are two series that this team has been through. Uh, one of them was a three game series in twenty twenty, Johnny. So we're talking about the very smallest sample size that you can have but it holds the most importance. It holds the most importance because it's win or go home. And so there is a lot of nerves. This season is going to feel different as a White Sox fan, Johnny, knowing that this team has been to the playoffs for the last two years. The expectations are for this team to win. It's hard. Only one team's going to come out on top. Not making any excuses, but here it is. This is the house is yeah. built. It's time to have the housewarming party. Right. And is everything ready to fucking go? Yeah, right. Okay, so I, another point that you brought up there, too, with the uh, nerves, doing when it counts, and all, all of this um, was, and I will go back, you know, I combated myself. Uh, I played a little devil's advocate with myself and some of Sean's comments that we had about our concerns and why we're feeling uneasy um, and expectations. This, this is a big factor in it. And to play devil's advocate to that, so to myself, I'm the one who's more concerned here. Tony's not as much, but me and Sean are, but... I try to combat myself, you know, he's, you know, take the other side and it's okay. It was, everything was kind of outside of Adam Eaton last year. Everything was pretty gung ho. We were like, okay, yeah, we, we got a little taste in 2020. Now we're like, this is our time. It's go time. Uh, and this is before the injuries piled up. So I'm talking about, you know, expectations kind of entering camp um, more so. Um, but that's what the aura was right around fans. There's a lot of buzz and, the, you know, Sean talked about a lot of social media posts uh, from like the White Sox stuff. And he feels like some of that's like dialed back this year uh, and all of that. Well, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's the my, you know, my, my line that don't get up for the letdown thing. Well, don't go and overhype yourself before you haven't done anything yet. Then let the play on the field do the talking. And that could be a factor that maybe is a pleasant surprise for us that may be feeling uneasy right now. So I needed to get that out there because I need to feel better about it uh, going in because I am doing me wrong. I truly am excited for this season and it's going to be one of the best that I've lived through uh, in my life. I fully believe that, but at the same time, I'm nervous about it as well. I, I think a lot of people are. And I think, you know, the, the, the social media stuff, Johnny, you run the, uh, the social accounts here at on tap sports net. I would say I still seen a fair amount of, of White Sox hype from their socials. And I think that, you know, they're probably branching out to some other platforms that are out there now uh, to post some of that content. You know, you've got all the, the reels and, and TikToks and everything else. Uh, we've got uh, a Steve uh, Peredzinski in the chat, a big fan of the show. Hey, yo, boys. Hey, yo, Steve. How you doing out there in uh, Northwest Indiana? Uh, Johnny, the, the fact of the matter is, I really like what you said. Let the play on the field do the talking. We haven't That's, made it. We haven't made it and, into the games yeah. that matter. Right. I, I want to double down. I want that first playoff series to do the talking this year. Yes. If I'm yes, looking that, far that, ahead, that's and, and I think that, that that really is more of kind of I think what gives me a little anxiety just because of the playoff failures. And like you said, small sample size, weird setup. 2020 three game series, wild card sort of thing, expanded playoffs. Um, last year, obviously tough first round opponent, but you got to beat those good teams to get there. And it's just, I, with what they've done or lack of what they've done in total, it, it just, to me right now, doesn't feel like it's over the hump, but at the same time, it will be the games on the field that do the talking. 
things. So I guess we won't find out until what that second week of October since the season got pushed back um, there. So that, that's uh, going to be a long stretch of anxiety, but I'm here for it. I'm here for the ride. I'm ready for it, Tony. Th- that'll sum up our uneasy portion here. Let's move on to the next part here. Do we believe in the starting rotation? Oh boy, this is a tough one because you do have to look at this and say, Carlos Rodon is not part of it anymore, which I never thought that I would sit here and be muttering, Johnny. Like, honestly, I never thought that, uh, you know, a couple of years back, I'd say maybe when he was first drafted, um, it was, it was something that I expected him to be a top of the rotation guy, but there was a fair amount of time where Carlos Rodon was your perennial. Is this guy going to be healthy heading into camp? Then, then all of a sudden last year, excuse me, uh, last year, he goes out and he performs to the level of Carlos Rodon that you expected when you drafted him. And on that one year deal, he went out and he earned himself a nice payday. And Johnny, the Sox rotation is going to miss Carlos Rodon. I am not going to sit here and say that we will not miss a pitcher's performance of last year that Carlos Rodon gave us. I think we absolutely will. And most teams in the league are always looking for a guy that can come and do that for their, for the top end of their rotation. The big questions for me in this year's uh, specific starting rotation are two things. One, what version of Lance Lynn do you get? And can he do exactly what he did for you last year and still continue to be that guy, that driving force for the rotation. And two is Dylan Cease going to take that next step and hit that next gear to be that guy who does what Carlos Rodon did for yeah, you what, last year. Sean likes, to call, Sean likes to call him the X factor. Um, I I'm fully on board with that too. I mean, that's a huge, you know, you talked about the loss of Carlos Rodon, so I don't need to rehash that there, but you can help make up for that because yes, you are getting Michael Kopech in the rotation. So it's another name to dive into, but I look at it as just from a straight, you know, uh, one through five evaluation here. That's replacing a guy who was going to be on an inning, who was on an inning limit, who with a guy who is once again going to be on an innings limit here because we know that's going to be the case with Michael Kopech. So uh, a lot will depend on him. But Dylan Cease, I think there is your your X factor. And I think Sean's spot on with that. I don't think it's a uh, novel take by any means, but it's a very impactful one. Um, because it's, you know, it's not unique. Everybody, I think everybody knows that, but, and everyone knows the stuff is there. And we've said that for so long, but it's how long did Dylan Cease get in his own way? And then now we saw the other day, can he pitch over fielders mistakes? I mean, hell, your best defensive outfielder, Luis Robert just dropped a routine pop-up, but luckily Dylan Cease is able to work through it. So that's a good sign. Um, granted spring training game here, but still, um, that kind of stuff is really what's going to make or break at the end of the day. I legitimately believe. And uh, it, to answer your question about Lance Lynn, I think, yeah, I think we can kind of expect about the same. Um, I think Giolito could go into overdrive mode, but even if you just get what you got last year, you're still pretty solid there at the top with one, two. Um, and this might be a, this one might be a novel take. I think Dallas Keuchel is going to bounce back a little bit here. That was some sort of funk that he was in. Um, he's not going to be great by any means. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going and saying that Dallas Keuchel is going to be a staple. Fuck, he might get left off the playoff roster again. Who knows how that shakes down with injuries when it comes down to the end of the year. But I saw a few starts earlier in the season against good teams in June, and it's everybody forgets about that because the end of the year was so abysmal, and I get it when it counts. You're focusing on that. It's what have you done for me lately business. But 
I don't think the last half of last year is all that Dallas Keuchel is. And guess what? Even if you want to get rid of him, we're stuck with the contract. So he's going to have to really play himself out of that to get DFA. So, yes. And, and, and Dallas Keuchel needs to bounce back. Um, not just for the White Sox, but for himself a little bit here. And I think that he's got to be the one guy on the roster right now that, that draws the most critical eye, Johnny, wouldn't you say? Um, it, it's going to be, it's going to be hard for Dales Keuchel, I think, to reestablish that relationship with the fan base where there's going to be any sort of trust in him. And I kind of just... Rightfully so. Last year was abysmal. Yeah. Like I said, the finish to last year was abysmal. So I don't doubt. And if you want to you know, rip me for saying that he would bounce back, then sure, <laughs> I agree. You do got to see it. But I just don't think that's the total if, makeup of if, what he if is. If you get better from Dallas Keuchel this year, this rotation is going to be in a little bit better of a spot. I mean, if you if you follow, you're only as good as your weakest link through that rotation. If you could get a little step up from Dallas Keuchel and Michael Kopech comes in, and I know he's going to be on an innings limit and a strict pitch count limit, but if he's got the elite stuff that you saw at Flashes last year, um, Michael Kopech's a gamer, and he's going to go out there and just kind of – I hope he follows the momentum and the energy that you get out of guys like Lance Lynn and spending a little bit more time with that starting rotation, who knows? Who knows what you get from Michael Kopech yeah, right there? I, he might step in and, and be close to Dylan Cease level uh, of last year, and, and and this may look better than last year. We don't know. Yeah, we're not yeah. we're not in May yet, so right? Yeah, th- th- there's, there's question- room to be optimistic. Th- there's questions here, and I'll just interject a little bit. It's paraphrasing, but I saw a quote about Kopech preferring the you know starting rotation um, role over a bullpen role, being able to flesh out his stuff better. And he's more, you know, it's a more complete look of what, you know, uh, he can bring to the table as far as pitch arsenal. And another comment from Jordan Miller here. Hope Kopech has his third pitch back. His changeup is nasty. He will need that. If he's going to be a starting pitcher, uh, guys are going to be seeing more. He's not just throwing one, two, maybe, you know, what every, maybe two, three occasions, he threw three innings more uh, that weren't starts. I mean, coming out of the bullpen last year. So yeah, um, a lot of question marks here. So it's, do we believe in the rotation for viewers, listeners that did not uh, tune in for the first part when we were talking about why we're we feeling uneasy. I'd said, I believe in it from April till August. And I'm going to kind of still stand pat there because injuries can always happen. They're going to happen. Guess what? People in the starting rotation are going to get injured. And another thing too, I just want to bring up another, why do I believe, do I not believe here? The White Sox were fully healthy in the starting rotation through the All-Star break last year. People forget that, Tony. That is... Fully healthy. The only IL stint to any starter in the first half of the season was a Dylan Cease false positive COVID test, and he still made his next scheduled start. So are you going to get that same health again? I ain't, I don't know if we're going to be that lucky. I don't know if we're going to be that lucky in the starting rotation. And and you got to wonder, like, who's that next man up? Is it is it Reynaldo Lopez? Like who's gonna jump in here and, and be that guy? Because you're gonna need you're gonna need someone along the way to come win you a couple of ball games. And Dude, I, I, you bring I, up a good point there. I just need to interject real quick because yeah, I, I, understandably so you look at the new name coming in, Vince Velasquez, you're like, that doesn't wow anybody, but I kind of forgot about Reynaldo Lopez until you brought him up there. And it's like, that's not a bad option to step in, especially based on what he was able to do last year. So I like that, Tony. That, I, gives, I still, that gives I, me a little more confidence, actually. Didn't I think I'd re- be saying that after like the 2019 like, kind of shit that went down, but. 
I that, still remember a few. I still remember a few Reynaldo Lopez starts where you just thought to yourself, "Man, if this guy could do this just a little more often, he could be dangerous." And I think you know it's the second time through the order thing for for Reynaldo Lopez, but you know he he's got that ability to come in there and kind of string together a few starts for you. So if if you do have some struggles with Dallas Keuchel, if you do have some struggles with Michael Kopech, and you need to grab a spot start from someone, you got a guy who's got some experience at the major league level doing it that, that's had some success behind him. Um, I, I think he's going to play a more integral role in this starting rotation this year, just for some odd feeling. Well, he's going to have to step in for guys when they, you know, Kopech's going to be on the innings limit. So um, maybe you're skipping a start every once in a while with him. Uh, and then obviously injuries too, always a factor. So yeah, be interesting to see, but I guess the consensus here, I don't know we can't answer it yet. A lot of question marks, but it's, you know, do we believe in the rotation? Starting rotation was the uh, kind of question here. Uh, we'll piggyback that into tonight's game. Uh, they're about to get going out in uh, Goodyear, Arizona, against the Cincinnati Reds. Kopech making his first start of the spring going two tonight. Um, I know it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence only going two here, but again, I got to remember where this guy is uh, with his arm here. Yeah, and, and Johnny, I think if, if I'm going to answer the question, I would say yes, I believe in this rotation this year. I think, you know, looking from an outside perspective, if you take yourself away uh, from the closeness of the White Sox and you go look at some of the other starting rotations across the league, I would say that the White Sox are, are, are fairly uh, in a decent spot amongst everyone else. They're um, going to make the top graphic yeah. of Fox mm-hmm. Sports' rankings, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I think overall – yeah, I, I believe in, the, in this rotation going into this year. Um, do I want to see them, you know, every every time through the through the rotation throw eight innings of four-hit baseball or under? Yes. Is that realistic? Probably not. But I believe in this rotation, and it's going to have its hot stretches uh, that's going to carry some win streaks through the year, Johnny. And I think that that's, that's ultimately what you want out of your starting rotation. I'll finish with this. Dylan Cease looking stable early will give me a lot more confidence towards that. So I'll finish with that. And then also fact check on myself. Thank you, Jordan Miller. You're jiming in here being a gem tonight. Uh, he says Lynn had a stint for the all-star break last year too. Um, slipped my mind, but I know Cease had the little COVID thing that I mentioned. Uh, Lynn, if he did, I believe he only missed one start. So it was not lengthy at least. Um, but either way, pretty healthy. And then obviously you saw a bunch of IL stints afterwards. Granted, some of that was to get guys rest in Rodon and all that. Um, but then other was Lynn, or excuse me, Giolito hamstring. Lynn had a lower body thing as well, but either way uh, they came in the second half. So um, point still stands though. You had pretty damn good health starting rotation wise. A, a lot of other teams lost top guys uh, early on in the season. So let's move on to the next point. Thanks again, Jordan Miller for the fact check there. Let's move on to the next point here. It's Andrew Vaughn and the potential for spring training injuries in general. Let's talk Andrew Vaughn real quick here, Tony, that diving play uh, Sunday afternoon, uh, hip pointer injury, uh, kind of like a bad bruised hip there. Uh, It was one to two weeks they expected possible return to game action. TLR does not have him penciled in uh, through any of his his lineups through Saturday, Um, so obviously that's not, you know, that will be just under a week uh, away from the injury there uh, from when he sustained it, Um, you know, I just got to get this out there. You put any professional athlete in any game situation, exhibition, regular season, playoffs, whatever, and a play's in front of them, they're going to try and make it. I'm sorry. 
It's going to happen. I know everybody calls for it. Don't dive. Nobody slide. No, I don't want injuries in spring training either. Don't get me wrong. I'm not dismissing that. The guy is going to try to make a play. So I just need to lead off with that and get that out there. Your thoughts here on the Andrew Vaughn situation to start. So I agree with you right off the bat here. Um, we had some discussion about this uh, amongst the Sox on tap group. I forget who said, I think it was Sean, you know, if I'm playing a family a game of softball with my family, I'm diving, I'm sliding, I'm doing, you know, all that's so the same thing. You know, if I'm playing wiffle ball in the backyard, like I'm going for everything. I mean, those guys have to have that mentality times 10,000. So I, I, I don't understand the, you know, the, the, the don't dive, don't slide, don't do that. You're still playing the game of baseball. You're still playing the game of baseball at one of the highest competitive levels, even in MLB spring training. Um, you're going to make the same play in the game. And the idea behind this is to get yourself ready for the regular season. So I don't know. I, I think this one's on Roger Bossard. Make the grass softer. So <laughs> injure his hip when he falls down. You know, yeah. it's spring training for Roger too. Yeah, he's get ready. So he's probably out there working in well, right field right now. We'll, like in we'll, we'll puff in the middle of the desert, Tony. Yeah, some, he's getting <laughs> some foam underneath the right field grass because we're going to have guys diving all the fuck over the place out there, and it's going to be like a little trampoline. Just, you yeah. know. That's, <laughs> pop right up, yeah. Yeah, just pop right back up, and we're ready to go. I mean, you, you saw Andrew Vaughn get up and kind of shake yeah, that well, one off a little bit. I think the cart was a little precautionary, uh, to be right. honest. It was. Uh, but it does scare you a little bit. Like, as a White Sox no, fan, yeah, there's a little bit of – White Sox injury PTSD from last that's, that's year. That I think Sox. everybody that's, has though. That's We're, a White Sox expands to many breaches of the game. Yes. Yeah. We all we all feel it. Nobody wants to see these guys get hurt, even to a certain extent. Like when Eloy went back on a ball uh yesterday at the at the wall, it's like, oh my God, don't do that. And you tense up a little <laughs> bit when yeah. you're watching this shit happen. But at the same time, you're doing the same thing in a regular season game as you are in a spring training game when you're watching these guys go make a play that could potentially lead to injury. I mean, what's the famous line? I mean, we almost we almost had a lawsuit, or we did have a lawsuit uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> at one point oh, over an injury in a White Sox oh, game. Oh, Dustin Fowler would have sued. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. I yeah, mean, it right. happens. Uh, talking talk position wise here, because this is the point too. Then I get the, the frustration here, and this kind of, I guess, you know, you, you see the play with Andrew Vaughn, and then it just leads you back to Rick Hahn. <laughs> it leads you right back to putting Rick Hahn's name in your mouth and saying, "Okay, why didn't you sign this? Why are we playing these guys out of position here?" Um, and then this will lead into a Tony Larusa comment too, because about the comments about the fans. But we'll get into that a little bit later here. But with this playing right field here they obviously did not go out and acquire a true true right fielder um so to say but michael conforto has his own issues now just recently brought up by his agent confirmed hashtag confirmed to i forget who's that john Heyman, um mm -hmm. whoever was the reporter that texted him and asked and he claimed that it was a injury early in january when he was you know fielding something diving for a foul ball um they had an injury and that was part of the reason why he hadn't signed yet. And then uh, we get the tinfoil hat time from white Sox Dave, uh, you know, random Twitter eggs sending him stuff, but 
claimed a uh, possible bachelor party injury. Whatever it is, uh, shouldn't these people be praising Rakan for not signing Michael Conforto because he goes too hard in games situations that don't matter? See, I was I was being led down this exact path right here, and and you would one would think. Um, that everybody who gets up in arms over spring training and, and off-season injuries would be like, wow, crisis averted. But, you know, some people have doubled down on this one just a little bit more, Johnny. You know, Michael Conforto was never the guy that, that I wanted the White Sox to target. Don't know why I don't have a rhyme or a reason. I it was just, just and I think the reason you so highly touted is just availability. I was like, okay, this guy, and it was, you know, left-handed, and then he's just available. But like I'm gonna ask you like a, an honest question like if the Sox went out and signed Michael Conforto to a five year, um, you know, hundred million dollar plus contract, Johnny, it, does that shut everybody up? Does everybody stop? No, oh god, does everybody no. stop saying like oh we, no, it's, you know, it's, it's, not, it's 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 on to the next thing. Yeah, it's on it's on to the next thing there. But at least it would say that you addressed a need. Um, and I will concede a little bit here because. When you're talking about last season, even though the trade didn't work out, just when you're talking about addressing area of need, people did at least applaud Rick Hahn for making the move to do so and address that need by trading Nick Madrigal and Cody Hoyer and getting, you know, your two bullpen pieces back. And like I said, Kimbrel didn't work out the way that you wanted to, but it was a win now move. So I think that at least in that regard of the win now move, fulfilling a need, um, that might be dispelled a little bit, but like guess, like you just said, it would definitely be on to the next thing, and there would be another uh, thing to worry about because you know the next say someone else got injured in, in a different spot, and you know it. Subiusval got shaken up the other day. Hey, if yeah. he went, if he went down, it's Rick Hahn's fault for not signing a backup catcher yet, right? Well, and that one scares me too. Like, I did, there's play, the, and again, I said this earlier. Every team's going to have question marks going into the year. The thing for me, you look at this payroll uh, that the White Sox are rolling in here, and, and sure, you could say, you know, Jerry can spend more. Jerry can spend more. Everybody could say that. I could say it myself, and to a certain extent, as a fan, I feel it. I feel it the same way everybody else does. You want your team to be the Los Angeles Dodgers or the New York Yankees and, and carry this. Um, there, there's been a stigma around the White Sox for a long time that Jerry is cheap, and there's been reason to back that up. Um, there's there's pr- plenty of examples, and there's been radio slip-ups, the, the finishing in second place comment. There's enough ammo there to make any fan base upset. But if you look at the facts of the situation, Johnny, if you look at where the White Sox sit in payroll, uh, at an all-time high, where you look at um, you know them being at, at least in one point this offseason. I'm not sure exactly where they sit today with some of the other signings that have been made in baseball since I saw this information. Uh, they were one of the top teams, uh, top five in payroll at, at some point. And then you kind of look at, at where they are right now. You know that Tony La Russa really likes Gavin Sheets's left-handed bat in the lineup. He's made comments about him dating back to last year's spring training. Um, you know, Adam Engel is still on this roster and in his time that he has played, um, I know there's some health concerns there in his time that he's played. Yeah, man, he has, if he could stay healthy, he has, he has been very good, uh, at the plate and, and, and the, the glove, we all know what kind of glove he has. Um, yes, you want him to be your off the bench guy. Um, you, you did bring in Harrison and, and Larusa does love Lurie Garcia just as much as we love Lurie Garcia on this show. We appreciate Lurie Garcia here. This is the no Lurie uh, slander zone. Um, so y- you've got to figure out how to make all this work. And 
I think one thing that they wanted to do over the offseason was unload that Kimbrel contract that didn't get done. Um, obviously, there was uh, a limited time to talk and get things done with the impending lockout. You did, had no idea what the CBA was going to look like when you came out of that thing. Um, so it, th- there's plenty of factors that go into this. But when you look at it, the White Sox are there in terms of of money spent. Now, you can argue all day as to whether or not the money was spent wisely, what the roster construction looks like right now. Uh, but when you add those factors in there, and you think that the White Sox are going to go toss another $100 million on top of what they currently have obligated to people, knowing who's going to be up for um, you know, renewed contracts, it, it's, it's kind of hard to see them actually going out and doing a lot more than they did in terms of dollars spent, even though you want to see it, right? But there's still options, as I've said before, to add to this team at the trade deadline. Um if, if Gavin Sheets isn't cutting it and Adam Engel is not healthy, I have a feeling that this team would go out and address right field. If Sevi Zavala gets banged up, I have a feeling that Rick Hahn would go out and try and attempt to patch catcher. The thing that scares me more than anything right now, like even more than the fact that we didn't add, is what does that trade deadline look like this season? And what asset gets moved? Do they mortgage the future for for one championship? Do they? What do they do? Because you saw it kind of, you, you saw the go win now move last season, and it kind of it kind of bit a little bit because I think it kind of screwed with their off season. You've seen Rickon go for it before, and it really bit him. So where is that level? Because I think at this point, if they didn't address things over the off season. There's still a chance to do so before the playoffs commence. So what does that trade deadline look like? That's going to be a scary and pivotal time, not only for this season, but I think in seasons to come. I concur. And I'll start a with the, you know, talk about the uh, uncertainty regarding lockout and interesting setup uh, upon coming back in time before going to camp. Uh, And I wish we were the Dodgers. We could just spend exponentially and then we wouldn't be having these conversations. But um, other than that, I say fucking double down. Let's go. It's time. Win now. You double down and you do it again. And if it backfires, you try it again. Mm-hmm. You have to. You There's... have to. What? What? You're, you just got projected to, granted, it's just one guy, but you just got projected to win the World Series. Hell, you're up there in odds. It's it's time. It's now. We know it. They should know it. Rick Hahn seems like he knew it last year when he pulled off that trade. So, yeah, it's going to be scary. And you might you might fuck it up. But you double down again because if it strikes, it could result in the ultimate goal. So you don't play it safe. You don't play it conservative. You double down when it comes to that time at the trade deadline, Tony. I'll tell you that right now. And, and I agree with you. Uh, the, the the thing that I am scared about is just one of those moves that comes back and bites you more than than anything else. But I, that's that's the game you play. You're scared that's to win the a World game, Series. That's the game you play. No, I'm not scared yeah. to win a World yeah, well, Series. I mean, you got to make it. You got to make forever. it. So it's like you yeah, have to make it. Yeah. It's do you trust the guy who's going to make that decision? Well, it's like hey, Kimbrough could have worked out great last year, and Rickon's a genius. I, I I agree. The track record's not great, but at the same time. That was probably the best option that you could have done there when you're talking about Kimbrel was lights out before he before he came to the south side. He was lights out. Unbelievable. So and just the way you said Dallas Keiko is gonna come back. I, I hope, 
I hope as a yeah, White Sox fan. I don't think I, that's, I hope I that Craig Kimbrell becomes just. I don't, I don't a, think he's sorry. I don't think he's a, first half Cubs last year, but he's better than what he was second half White Sox. That's fine. I hope he's a driving factor in in this White Sox season. I think it'd be fun to watch him kind of reclaim his status here, especially with all the outcry of you know people right. who wanted him moved. I think it's the perfect uh, storyline type thing to follow. Uh, yeah. as we It'll, look into this White Sox season. Will it be cinematic? It has to be fucking cinematic. This is a movie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Our life is a movie. All right. Good talk. Good talk there. Uh, that's, uh, you know, guess what? The, the Circling back to what kind of we open this up with here. Um, spring training, guys, when they're in the game, they're going to go for the play. They're going to try and make the play. So I agree. If you you never like to see any injuries or whatever, but I'm also not gonna like Eloy Jimenez sliding to catch a ball in left field, you know, in that game against the Rangers. I don't love it, but what are you gonna do? What are you gonna tell the guy to just not do it, not play your position? And I know, I, I know he's been injury prone. Do you have, in the, this, past do you have the same reaction if somebody pulls up on a ball, even in a spring training game, where you're like, he could have fucking got that. I mean, you think that, and it's like, you know, an overall it doesn't. I, I agree, it doesn't matter because the, you know, well, excuse me, it may matter. We got to set the tone, but, but I, I understand the balance in the thoughts, but you got to put yourself in the game action. And like Sean Roberts, I love his comment. If it's a family softball game. I'm laying out for it and I'm getting it. So put that in a professional athlete standpoint. That's what you do for a living. They're going to go for it. So I just want, I, I can at least understand that, accept it. And, you know, we've seen injuries happen because of that and it sucks, but at the same time, that's the essence of sport, Tony. It absolutely is. What else we got here today, Johnny? All right. Next thing we got is TLR comments on Sox fans in the right field situation. We kind of address the nitty gritty on the right field uh, topic, but let's talk uh, with Tony saying that uh, White Sox fans who, you know, don't think or were, you know, clamoring for people or clamoring for the front office, go out, acquire another guy. Um, and, uh, you know, don't believe in the guys that we have in camp. Uh, they're not really White Sox fans. So I'll just start off. And that was a fucking terrible, terrible choice of words. So, uh, you know me, big words guy. Pick your words better, Tony. Um, but at the same time, he was, you know, doing some walking back today and talking about it's more about believing uh, in the people there. So it's just another conundrum. But guess what? This is one thing that's going to fucking blow over. And sure, people will call up the comment and they'll people are still going to say Hall of Fame baseball person every once in a while. But guess what? That cooled off, too time period after uh you know when it got into the you know early months of the season they're starting win games and stuff like that so um it, it's gonna blow over but i uh, will start off just terrible terrible fucking choice of wording and then walking it back today though i can accept it that's the other thing and some people are just so steadfast and that well he said one thing so that's that's all there is and it's what are you gonna do tell the people that are vying for that spot there that may oh i got there's an injury now so i might have a chance to step up you're gonna tell no no yeah we need we need someone else rick hasn't done his job and he hasn't fulfilled it and we we need this guy here what's the manager supposed to say there like i you know like like i said terrible choice of wording initially but i'm also not going to shit on him for trying to walk it back today because i do understand the message that he was driving at once again poor initial delivery you know, I, I think that uh, if if I look at this, Tony La Russa, uh, you know, when these comments went down, uh, there's only one guy that can steal the news cycle of Will Smith slapping Chris Rock, and that's Tony La Russa just absolutely uh, incinerating 
White Sox Twitter. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think that to that effect, Tony was trying to deliver that kind of same thing. And, 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 it, and it really worked. You saw Tro- people Trolley LaRussa. Trolley LaRussa. La uh, yeah. Hashtag Matt Online. I, 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 right after that, I went to the Matt Online meter and that thing got close to breaking. I, the, you know, the, the, the Matt Online that I saw There's- was. There's was, some justification to it, but yeah, I, I, yeah. I can see where yeah, the, I, just, I know where I can see where the justification yeah. is. But at the at the yeah. same point in time, I've got to say, you know, it, we heard from Jake Berger this offseason that Larusa does see some of this stuff that goes on on Twitter, and um, you know, he sees the memes and he sees all this other stuff. Um, you know, I'm sure that he he knows that he's not well liked by certain sections of people, and and to an extent, I think he's got the freedom of speech to tell anybody that he wants to, to kind of fuck off if, if they're, you know, delivering the same message. Uh, Jordan Miller, Tony has a tendency to say questionable things at the end of the day, he's not ruining the clubhouse and the players like him and play hard for him. I think that's what makes all of this just fine. I mean, he seems well-respected by the guys. He seems like he is uh, doing his thing. And, and to an extent you saw Ozzie Guillen, somebody who was like very well received. Yeah, imagine uh, on, if Twitter on, was around in 05. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if Twitter was around in 05, the questionable things that, that came out of Ozzie Guillen's mouth. To a certain extent, if if you're causing stirs in the fan base and, and doing this, I'm not saying he's doing this intentionally, but it takes a lot of the pressure off the guys a little bit to just go out there and do their job. So, you know, uh, one of the things that a manager is responsible for is protecting his people. Um, and, and and Tony does that very well. He protects his guys. And when you when you take the, the comments into consideration and even what he walked back with today, um, it, it's it was done in a way to protect his guys who he believes in, who he needs, who are here right now. He doesn't have a free agent acquisition. He doesn't have a trade acquisition. Michael Conforto isn't in the Sox clubhouse. Gavin sheets and Andrew. So Tony LaRusso has no, no responsibility to protect anybody who's not in this house right now. He even did some protecting for Rick Hahn today too. Yeah. I mean, and and that's, that's the kind of guy you, you, you would want to be at the helm. That's that's my opinion. Somebody who's going to protect your guys. He doesn't he doesn't have to, um, like I said, protect people who aren't here. And might have been a poor choice of words. But at the end of the day, I think that's where the intention was. Yeah. And that's where I can always come back to it. It's like, like I said, I go and I can look at both sides of it and just say, yeah, you get that quote out there. And there is. Plenty of, I'm sure you can try to add context to it and whatever. Either way, the quote itself doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. It gets run in papers. It gets run in headlines. It happens. That's it's gonna go. It's gonna go viral. It's gonna go, you know, all over the city. Maybe Tony was just trying to go viral. Yeah, (laughs) that's just trying to go viral. But uh, you know, when it comes back to it, I just go back to the what the players say about him and going from last year. Hell, making up with Yerman Mercedes because the, there was try the, the media tried to drive media and fans tried to drive a wedge between the clubhouse and the manager because of the Yerman Mercedes situation, and then we get Yerman Mercedes coming back, you know, afterwards saying I love the guy, and you know, then you get the there was the Tim Anderson question too of how the gelling with the uh, modern style of play, the the flair that, that guys play with, and how that would go with an old school manager, and you then hear. Tony, uh, Tim Anderson say that who else would you want to play for, but a hall of famer, a guy who's been there, done it. And, you know, talking about the respect that they have for him and saying, you know, called him a best friend. What was that early in camp? 
right mm-hmm. when they started reporting and talking about that stuff. So I go back there and we, we ain't in the clubhouse. So I wish I was. I wish I was a damn fly on the wall. We need to invest in that technology so I can be. But um, yeah, I just go back to that. And their opinion holds more weight than anybody on Twitter.com or anything that you read in the newspaper or whatever. So um, I always go back to that. And once again, I'll just uh, I'll conclude it with poor choice of words initially. Did do some defending, though, for his guys, for Rick Hahn, for the front office. And it's going to be something that blows over because guess what? Real games are starting in a week, exactly a week from now. We'll we'll have our first White Sox result of 2022 in a week right now, Tony. Can't wait, Johnny. Absolutely can't wait. Can't wait. Give the gift. Can't wait. All right. Next thing. Um, I think we undersold spring training too much early in this episode, Tony, because we got to set the tone. Can you tell us yes. why we need to set the tone? We have to set the tone because setting the tone early, Johnny, matters. Setting the tone from the, the start of anything that you're doing is one of the most important things. And, you know, our guy, NWI Steve, a uh, good friend of the show, contributor on the show, writer for ontapsportsnet.com, uh, has has consistently also uh, preached the message of, of setting the tone, Johnny. And we want people to know that you need to set the tone. So what did we do? Hey, it's March habits yield October results. Practice the way you play. Right. Proper prior planning prevents piss poor performance. All of the above. What does that result in, Tony? Setting the tone. Ontapsports.bigcartel.com. Set the tone t-shirts. You can go and get them there. Um, We've got them in the script font that was used on the city connect uh jerseys from last year and they're awesome it's gray on a nice black t-shirt set the tone um the official spring training shirt of socks on tap uh but it's great because that thing can be worn perfectly under a jersey throughout the season too because guess what you got a big series coming up the, set the tone. you know the uh toronto blue jays are coming into town and it's going to be big matchups left and right guess set the tone early right you got to win that thursday night game of the four game series you, you set do. the tone for the weekend. And, well, set, and, set the tone on tap sports at bigcartel.com. Set the tone t-shirts available there. Yes. Go get your set the tone t-shirts. Uh, Johnny, I, 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 I will frequent the ballpark in a set the tone t-shirt this season. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, the, the, the design is good. Uh, I, I will say the artist did a pretty decent job. I'm going to give myself a little pat on the yeah. back for that one. But you did, you did uh, a good job on that, Tony. The, it looks, the, looks, nice. Uh, looks nice. The the shirt, like you said, will fit very nicely underneath a jersey. Uh, yeah, kind of the, the style that you fit, you wear. And I, fit, I've seen a lot of size. people out in the ballpark like that. Yep. Fits the size. I wear a large. I got a large. Fits fine. So order your size. Doesn't shrink too much. Um, good stuff. Yeah. No, it's good stuff. So those are available. Once again, ontapsports.bigcartel.com. You can also go to ontapsportsnet.com and just click the little shop tab up in the upper right-hand corner uh, that will redirect you to that big cartel page where you can find that. Uh, it should be the first item right on top since it is the most recent item there. So plenty of other good stuff up there. Uh, flips, cool, tough, might still be up there. Uh, we've got on tap flags. We've got the regular on tap black logo. So um, plenty of good stuff there. And we'll announce more uh, on our Twitter as they become available. So um, yeah. Final thoughts here. I mean, we were getting ready. This is Cactus League action should be uh, getting underway just about right now as it's 8.06 here in Chicago. I believe that's when they're starting um, uh, out in Goodyear. So uh, final thoughts here. 
thoughts on uh, Michael Kopech making his first start? Anything close this thing out? Just once again, that I wish that we would be able to watch uh, this baseball you, game. Um, yeah. You but... can listen. If you go to MLB, you're on MLB TV. It's also free during spring training, but you can go listen to the Reds broadcast. No Sox broadcast, but listen to a Reds broadcast. No MLB TV, but is what it is. Yeah, I, I was going to say, uh, but it's available on radio. Uh, Johnny had more of the information there than I did. So thank you for taking that for me. Uh, you know, final thoughts, Johnny. We're, we're a week away. Uh, I can't wait to get to some post-game shows with you. Uh, the rest of the crew got a very stacked lineup over here. I'm looking forward to a great season of White Sox baseball. I'm looking forward to setting the tone early in April. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that uh, we'll get maybe one more of these shows in here. Maybe we'll get a little bit of a roundtable season prediction type episode before uh, the, the season gets underway. But, Johnny, I'm excited. It's the best time of year. Um, and it's it's almost uh, my Christmas opening day and I'm just counting down the days. Yeah, just talking about opening day there, Tony, it's it, it really does feel like Christmas morning. I just can't wait to get back to that because I was so worried that it would you know, be a later start just due to lockout persisting. But luckily that, you know, like I said, it was probably only a week and a few days delay when you're talking in total of us getting back to the ballpark. What? Um, yeah, probably just under two weeks uh, when you're talking about that with where the series got rescheduled there. So um, I can't wait for opening day. It's always Christmas morning is a great way to describe it, but um, uh, it's just, it feels like a fresh start. Um, it, because it is. I mean, it is a fresh start in and of itself. Granted, the White Sox will have three games under their belt, so we may be pissed if the series in Detroit doesn't go how we want it. But um, I'll, I'll guess, leave with a ideal start. And I talked to one of our guys, Andrew Kinsler, about this. And an ideal start for me, Tony, would be two of three in Detroit, sweep the Mariners at home, start with a bang on the south side, and then you take two of three in that series against the Rays. That would be, you can start the season like that. I think you set the tone really well. I do as well, Johnny. And I think, you know, sweeping the Tigers to start the season is, is going to be what you're aiming for. I know you're saying two or three. I want to see that. I want to see the Tigers get swept. And one thing that well, I, I think, too, is gonna, but I think it's going to be a little hard to sweep the Tigers. Would, um, would you rather have them sweep the Tigers and then take two or three from the Mariners or take two or three from the Tigers and then sweep the Mariners? You already because know how be, this is going to go down. Just it'll because, be at home. Just because it, it will, they're going to sweep the Tigers and then they'll, they'll do like one of three from the Mariners, you know, oh, dropping wow, your getting, first two getting, at home. You're getting negative. I mean, now. I'm getting, there's my negative shot in here for the day. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I would I would actually like to see them win those division games. Um, right, I do, I do too. But off the bat, uh, but I also I do, do think that your prediction is is where uh, it's, it has more of a chance of happening. Right, and I also I I don't like Detroit, but I do respect the pitching that they have built up. Can I say that? You that can, not? you can. But you got to remember, they, they also they, have they, built, they also have it. Javier Baez over there, and I just. Oh, yeah, I can't wait to I'd, hate on this. Yeah, team. I, I would love to get some brooms out on him, but um, I, you know, it's, it's a tough go. It's a tough go when you go in again. You know, so those guys gave us trouble too uh, at certain points last year uh, when you're talking about Tigers pitching. Um, so that, that's that's just where I see an ideal ideal start in my mind. So let's see how it plays out. But um, other so than that, that that brings out an important question, though, Johnny. Who oh, who's going to be starting that opening day at home? Yeah, so is that going to be Michael Kopech? Um, I mean, that's a good question. It very well could be because you're thinking Giolito, Lynn get one and two. Don't, don't know what order yet, but that, that's pretty 
set in stone, at least I think when you're talking about pedigree. Um, and then Dylan Cease, you'd think that he's earned three. So it could be Michael Kopech. I think that's very reasonable. Will it be Dallas Keuchel? Dude, I mean, it could be. It, it, honestly, it very well could be, depending on what Tony wants to do with that rotation, how they're lining it up. But yeah, um, that'll be an interesting. That'll be an interesting uh, home opener. Watch a, Watch a muggy wrench get thrown in there, and it's Reynaldo Lopez. Dude, don't say that. <laughs> don't say just, that. I'm just. I'm just. Give me some shit. At, sign, I'm just throwing some shit at you because it's. I'm just throwing some shit at you because Kopech's probably just starting one of his, you know, two innings that he's throwing tonight. And is he good to go come April 10th with that? When he was, he was right delayed. Now? Yes. He was delayed. Right. Uh, due See, to an illness. So, so it's not, is not that far fetched, but um, I got one, one more thing that just came up. It was right before uh, we, we had jumped on the show. And that is Tim Anderson. I love this guy saying, I don't care about Detroit fans. And that was talking about his two game suspension that he has. So he's going to miss the first two up in Detroit. Uh, and he had talked about, they, they asked him about it and he just, you know, kind of shook it off and said, there's nothing I can do about it. It is what it is. It's cool is what he said. And then uh, they had said, Oh, you, you know, you were aiming to get ready, you know, go and be there ready for opening day beyond diamond. And they said, did that this take away from you at all? And he said, Oh no. He said, I don't care about Detroit. He said, I don't care about Detroit fans. I'm going to be there for opening day in Chicago. So that, that's what he was looking forward to. That's what he's doing. But great backhanded jab at Detroit because, you know, Tony, Detroit sucks. Detroit does suck. And, and Johnny, it's not just a chant at the UC. It's a chant everywhere. Yeah. Detroit sucks. And we say, and I, 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 I love the comment myself, man. It was yeah. Wait, the, that's setting the tone a little yeah, bit, that, isn't it? That is setting the tone, yeah, because these guys are going to be, you know, uh, you know, probably a year away, but pretty much neck and neck here when you're talking about a competitor in the division here. Um, and on that Detroit sucks things, there were Detroit sucks chance started on the ramps, uh, coming down from the 500 level last year from an early season game. I do remember that, and that was at the rate, not just at uh, the United Center where it's commonplace. So. I enjoyed that. Let's keep him going. I think I'm, I'm now, now that Timmy said that I'm going to, when he gets announced on opening day, I'm going to have to let one out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, all right, that'll do that it for this episode. Rules. Yeah. The, uh, does it for this episode of socks on tap. Hope you enjoyed. Thanks everyone for commenting, uh, listening here, make sure you go and subscribe to on tap sports Night on YouTube. So you can join the conversation as we are having these live shows. Uh, as you can tell from this, we pull up uh, some of these during it. Some of you guys correct us. Thank you, Jordan Miller for doing that earlier. Uh, when I was talking about IL stints to the pitchers, um, other than that, go subscribe rate and review on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast at socks on tap. And you can follow us on social media at Socks on Tap and at On Tap Sportsnet. So, Tony, until next time, about a week away from the real deal, White Sox forever. White Sox forever. <laughs>